The duty solicitor witnesses the lowest moments of human life. Moments of fear, of remorse, of confusion and anger. But it's also an emotional journey for the solicitor. No visit to the police cells is ever taken lightly. Here, for the first time, are the stories and very personal observations of one such legal representative. Stories taken from real life and capturing human frailty at its most tested. I bet when my client attended a Christmas charity lunch as a representative from her work, she could not have imagined how it all would have ended up. She was friendly enough, but not my normal run-of-the-mill customer by a long shot. I must admit, I did feel sorry for her. Essex woman, never been in trouble before, very apologetic and crying from the off. Amongst the many dilemmas she faced was which one of her friends or family to call to inform them that she hadn't gone AWOL, but had in fact been an overnight guest of a well-known London police station. I suggested she call her parents. This was met by shaking of her head. My second suggestion was that she call her work. But this again was met with sobs, her head now buried in her hands and the sobs becoming more staccato and loud. <laughs> I don't know about you, but if I've just been put in a room on my own with someone who's in the middle of a breakdown, my immediate response would be probably to reach out, maybe hold them, give them a hug and tell them it's going to be all right. If the poor unfortunate was a fellow actor in a rehearsal room, say, throw in a few, darling, and this response would be standard. But this lady wasn't a lovey and we were in a police station I didn't want to overstep the mark, so I offered her a tissue, stepped back and stopped with the suggestions. It was now 11.30am. She was supposed to be at work three hours ago. I can't tell work I'm here, she said, through the blackened tear-stained mascara that ran down her cheeks, the bottom end of her party dress shaped like a tutu, now gently shaking as a result of her nervous energy. Well, I thought... Bearing in mind she was at this event to represent her employees, and bearing in mind this charity works to bring together disadvantaged and disabled children from all backgrounds and ethnicities, the fact that she called one woman an Eastern European slut and another a black cunt would probably not have earned her employee of the week. Thank goodness she didn't encounter any disabled children that day. Of course we're all entitled to a private life, and this incident happened on her way home but on the back of an event such as this, and as a representative of a well-known financial institution. <laughs> I mean, even the doctors at Westminster would have had a job spinning this. And as for Trump, well, his administration would probably have given her a promotion. Anyway, I digress. The circumstances of this poor woman's unfortunate night and how I became involved was this. At the event, she had consumed alcohol, and it was free. And as a result of the free alcohol, she had drunk far more than she should have or intended to. Here we go again. Although it was a lunch, I got the impression she wasn't there much for the food. So, 
Fast forward to her running for her train later that evening. She was quite rightly asked to show her ticket by Gateline ticket staff. This, unfortunately, led to her releasing a tirade of expletives directed towards one female ticket inspector, not before telling her to, Oh, my McDonald's! <clears throat> which she promptly shoved into the inspector's hands, You fucking bitch! was followed by, You stupid fucking bitch! which was then followed by, You fucking Eastern European slut! After my client had suffered the indignity of stumbling to the ground, Tutu in the air, whilst rummaging through her bag for her ticket. Unlucky for my client, the ticket inspector was Eastern European. However, not content with that, and now with ticket in hand, she staggered up, marched through the barriers, only to see her train leaving the station. She then turned to another ticket inspector and asked if she had missed a train. The other female inspector responded in the affirmative, which was met by my clients responding in the negative, you black cunt. So, no guessing what ethnic type that inspector belonged to. Anyway, the police were called that night, I attended the following day, once she had sobered up of course, and the rest, as they say, is history. The moral of this tale is where alcohol is concerned, be careful particularly if it's free and you have a penchant for being loud, violent or racist, as this woman arguably was. I'm not suggesting any of you are, but we all make mistakes. It doesn't matter that your best mate is black or Asian or that your cousin is married to an Eastern European. If you use race as a basis to insult or put someone in fear and there are witnesses present it will probably end up in you being arrested, charged and going to court, as this lady was. I'm not trying to provide a manual for offenders to evade criminal liability, and in the time it has taken for me to read this, hundreds of briefs up and down the country will be dealing with similar offences, again instigated by drink. Will this lady do it again? I hope not. Will it affect her position at work? Probably not. Is this woman a racist? Hard to tell. Was this a mistake brought on by alcohol or thoughts deeply entrenched in her psyche? You decide. Is this a symptom of Brexit and Trump's new world? Possibly. Do I care? I'm just a brief. Bad luck is falling asleep late at night in front of the TV whilst your brother is shouting through the letterbox to let him in. Bad luck is your neighbours then dialing 999 and telling police that they can hear a female in distress coming from a property nearby. Bad luck is said police turning up at your door five minutes after you've let your brother in and them telling you that they have had reports of a female in distress coming from your address. Bad luck is the police accepting your forceful protestations that there is no female present, just you and your brother, but still insisting on looking around your property as is protocol so they can satisfy themselves that nobody is being held against their will. Bad luck is said police looking around your property 
opening the door to the upstairs box room and finding £30,000 worth of cannabis plants, hydroponics, light the lot. Moral of the tale, A. Always make sure your premises are clean, if you know what I mean. B. If you are so inclined to run a cannabis factory, don't do or allow dumb stuff to be done on your doorstep. And C. Please, if you have a male member of your family with a voice that sounds like a female in distress, make sure they never forget their house keys, or at least are never around your shit when you are doing shit, as shit might just get real. No bail, straight to court. Thank you and good night. I'm in the nick, outside the nurse's office. I'm standing by the door and my client is standing immediately to my right. He's in a lot of pain. His nose is busted, got cuts and blood all over his face. I, on the other hand, am looking well, feeling happy, dressed reasonably smart and not a facial cut in sight. Smilingly, I ask the nurse for painkillers. I can't give them to you now, she dismissively replies. What cell are you in? I look at her hard. I look at the pen and paperwork that is in my hand. I turn my head slowly to my client and then back to the nurse and say very calmly, I'm his brief. She goes bright red, apologises profusely and quickly gives my client the painkillers. I make a joke about that always happening when I wear this shirt, but really I'm thinking something else altogether. Brief Tales was read and written by Ray Brown. Produced by Tempest Productions. Studio production was by Mark Lingwood.